And we take that as, oh my word, that's a bit difficult, give everything I've got to the poor. And we're like, oh bless, the poor guy's got all his values wrong. God obviously looked in his heart and look what he saw. He saw that he looked after his stuff and it was too valuable to him. And we're like, oh, we're like the Pharisee this morning. I'm so glad God I'm not like that. Not the sort of person who puts his possessions too highly up. But of course we are, aren't we? Um, and this rich young ruler is there and he, and he goes away. And, and he says, Jesus is sad because he, he loved this man. But he goes away. And as far as we know, he doesn't come to Jesus. And that's not a parable, it's a story. And we're looking at it and we're thinking, whoa, give your possessions to the poor. Is that what we need to do? But looking at it, what I've kind of been struck by is this. In that story, Jesus doesn't say the one thing you're doing wrong is holding on to all those goods given to the poor. He says, there's one more thing you need. And what is that thing he needs? He needs to trust Jesus. We need to trust Jesus in our lives. And I think we're all, this society we live in, we are so tempted to trust other things, aren't we? I mean, talking as a teacher with my teacher's pension, going, it's all right for you, Rob, you've got a teacher's pension, we need a pension. A couple of us talking to somebody down our road, and they were saying, oh, we don't have a pension, so what we've got, we've got 13 properties, we're going to need something in our old age. Now, I think I might be straining to greed a little bit there, to be honest. They built up a portfolio of 13 properties. But we do, we like to trust, we like to, oh, I don't know, it's so easy to be sucked into that. Lord, I want to serve you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. Just give me enough money so I've always got enough to the end of my retirement and I can live out my days happily and my house is paid for and everything. I'll have that and then I'll serve you full on with the rest of it. Oh, after I've had a couple of years on uh, travelling the world or popped on sabbatical, no, popped around and had a bit of a, a, bit of a break. <laughs> Sorry, whatever. But I think what this story is about, and it is a story, so you can start getting into what could the guy have done wrong, what was he really like, but he wasn't really like anything, was he? Jesus was telling a story. And he's just trying to illustrate the fact that you shouldn't lay up goods, um, goods on earth without being rich towards God. I think it is back to the point of who we trust and what we put our trust in. I've been going through, um, well, Bible in a year. It's going to take me about two years, but I'm going through Bible in a year. It's been got through all the kings and one kings, two kings. Kings are rubbish, aren't they, in kings? I didn't realise there were not a single good king of Israel, not even one. Nineteen bad ones in a row, or whatever. Um, there are a few good ones in, in Judah, whatever. But uh, who was the best king? Anyone know who the best king in the Bible is? Clearly says it. There was no king before like him, before or after. The best king was Hezekiah. I didn't know that. Hezekiah is the best king. And why was he the best king? Because it says he trusted in the Lord. He didn't do anything amazing, particularly. You read the story of what Hezekiah did, but he trusted in the Lord. And that, I think, is what we're called to do. We're called to live a life of trust. I trust in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs 3, verse 5, and lean not on your own understanding. And when we have our possessions and our wealth, it's so easy to trust those things. And we want a life that's settled. We want a life that is secure and safe, so then we can go out and trust God. We'll, we'll trust, we'll, we put, give us all that and we'll go out and maybe we'll do a bit of um, work in the cafe or, or down at Mums and Tots or, or whatever. We'll go out and maybe we'll talk to people on the street. And God says, no, one thing you need, trust me. Step out with me. And if I was going to put a, a title on this talk, I think it would be Called to Adventure with God. I think that's what it's about. Our wealth is often the thing that stops us being called to adventure. 
I think you've seen them, the, the Hobbit stories and the Lord of the Rings stories and the Bagginses, the two of them in different stories. And they're sitting there in their like, comfortable little place and they're called on an adventure by Gandalf. Are they going to go or not? They're going to kind of leave it all behind or not? And sometimes I think God needs to call us to leave it all behind. Sometimes some things behind. Sometimes just our thinking. So I think you have three different areas that have affected me, impacted me over the time I've been preparing, and they might be things that resonate with you, or you might have your own things to think about. But I would like to, I'd like to, to encourage you to think, am I on that adventure? Am I putting other things in the way? So the first thing I think is personal. It may be things, and that is so, so difficult, isn't it? Oh, no, I wish Jesus hadn't taught this one. I do think it's one of the hardest teachings in the New Testament. Jesus spends, as we have it written, there's four verses of the parable, and then 12 verses of kind of Jesus saying, but it's okay, because actually God's big enough, and he can do this. Did you notice that? I, I can include the next part of the reading. It's very much the same as the text in, in Matthew 6 as well, about don't worry about what's to happen. Because Jesus kind of looks at his disciples, I think, and sees them going, oh, what? That guy's living the dream. And you say, that's no good. Having said that, we were on a walk yesterday, actually. What a beautiful day. And we're up looking, walking the coastal path. And we met a, a lady and her daughter. And this lady sat with us for a while. And we're chatting to her. And she was saying how she'd moved to... Um, she said, well, when my husband and I retired, we spent a year and we found our house for life up in Essex. Well, I don't know why, but anyway. In Essex. And she said... Um, it's wonderful, we got this. It took us a year to choose it. She said, he wasn't with me very long. He wasn't with me very long. It's a long time ago now. I, I don't know about you, but I've known so many people that's true. They've lived their lives, especially teachers, actually, um, aiming for this home for life, and even with ambitions for life, what we're going to do for God for life. But by the time you get there, it's almost like God says, yeah, but your life's over now. You missed out on it. So, it might be personal. I think possessions, this isn't about giving, but I think it is about holding on to things. I had a lovely story recently. My son-in-law, Joe, you've probably seen Joe, he's a big guy with a little baby on his shoulder, as a rule. <laughs> Such a cute baby. Anyway, yeah, we now know as, as Sophie's grandparents in this church. It's like, oh, okay, fair enough. And um, Joe was telling me this story of a guy he was talking to just a couple of months ago. And I might not have it perfect, but this is what I heard when I was told this story. So... I give you what I think is the, the essence of it. So this guy said to Joe that a long time ago, when he was a young man, he and his wife, he had gone for ordination, and he and his wife had this sense that God was calling them to do a work amongst the homeless. And they felt God was calling them to, to have a house for these people. And at the time, they were living in a two-bedroom semi. Um, so it wasn't very helpful, because um, there's two of them, but whatever, they could have one. But anyway, so they were looking for this. And he said one day, he met the person, he was just chatting to them, I don't know where, and um, he was told him this story. He thought he should share this story. And the guy said, oh, actually, I'm still looking to sell my house. So would you like to go and look at it? And he gave him the address. And um, this chap went round and saw this house. And it was a 30-plus bedroomed mansion. A 30-plus bedroom mansion. It's absolutely true. And he went back to the guy and said, well, thanks for that. It would be amazing. But actually, I've got this two-bedroom semi. That's all we've got as collateral or whatever. And the guy said, well, I felt that God tell me that somebody would come to me today um, who would, could use that in the kingdom. So how about we swap? And this guy swapped him. And all those years ago, I think 30 plus years ago, and this house was used by him and the church to house homeless people in all that time. And Joe's met this guy because he's now setting up another house and Joe's company doing some work on it. But that's kind of what God calls us to, I think. 
holding things lightly. Because actually none of it's ours. None of it's ours. It's all God's and it's his grace and goodness to us. So it might be a personal thing. It might just be that money stashed away for our holiday that we don't really need or, or thinking me, the car that we're probably going to save up for. But actually God says, look, actually it's needs that. Whatever. There's a need here. Give it freely. We've been trying to learn a lesson over the years that possessions aren't ours and our house isn't ours. It's quite hard, isn't it? Especially if you've got a, a, a beige carpet. That's hard, isn't it? It's not ours. We used to have lots of people around at our last house and had these beautiful carpets for a while until they got absolutely wrecked. And we had to bite it back and say, no, people don't, don't take your shoes off in our house. Ruin the carpet. No, walk on the carpet. It's fine. It's good. But it's so difficult. I think it might be also, though, for other people. I was just thinking about this. So Jenny and Joe are living with us with our little granddaughter, Sophie. Oh, it's amazing. They've been away for three days and we're so untired. We're so refreshed. We've had less sleep. We've been going to bed an hour later, getting up an hour earlier, and we're so full of energy with this baby. She's lovely, but it doesn't help wear you out. But um, I don't know. Maybe those of us, we might feel we've got it sorted with our possessions and we're trusting God for that, but... Isn't it easy to want our children or, I don't know, the children of the church or young people to not be pushed? Oh, let's make sure they've got enough money. Let's give them a good start in life. Let's have them living, by, living, living nearby so we can babysit for them. Let's kind of mollycoddle them and, and, and make life good for them. And I think God says, no, I'm calling them on an adventure. I want them to know that I am good. I want them to trust me. And it's great they love you and they can trust you a little bit, but you're rubbish really, and I'm really good. And we've been learning that, actually, I think so, because actually I was really quite, um, not upset, but a little bit like, because Jenny and Joe, they're moving to Nailsea very soon, actually. That'd be so sad. They won't be here on Sunday mornings. We'll see them a lot, obviously. But then somebody's thinking, well, what if you just lived here? It's lovely here. Taunton's beautiful. Really lovely. Nailsea's okay. It's not brilliant, though. But actually... Come, not just come to terms with it. God has done a work in my heart in the last few weeks saying, no, their adventure is with me. It's not about you. Their adventure is with me. And finally, it might be an adventure for the church we're thinking about. Because I think, isn't it strange, as Christians, we're sometimes so good in our personal lives, sometimes, maybe not, about putting God first and trusting and stepping out. And I'm sure many of us here have got stories of stepping out with God. Wasn't it brilliant, the Ray's story this morning? That was a start. If you were here this morning, um, yeah, Ray, Dr. Ray White told a story about just this week how money has been provided that, that he didn't think was coming and because God provides. And we love those stories, but we kind of like them occasionally. <laughs> it doesn't like to be the norm. Let's, let's get a committee of businessmen so we don't have this again, but whatever. But we love that. But it might be as a church. And the funny of the churches, very often we'll be like, in the church, we're all for God, but the church itself, well, if we're going to do a building project, we're going to have the finances. We'll get them in place first. Let's get some grants in. Let's make sure we can do it. And God says, no, go on a venture with me. Let's go somewhere together. Did you notice at the end, we've got a get-out clause with the, with the rich young man, or the rich ruler, because God says, sell everything. Jesus says, sell everything you've got and give to the poor. And we go, oh yeah, but he hadn't got it sorted. He wasn't in touch with God. He wasn't giving him the right things. Did you notice at the end of today's passage, Jesus says to his disciples, all of them, so I tell you, sell your possessions, give to the poor, come follow me, and, and you will get riches in heaven. You'll get a purse that won't wear out. So we're kind of called to do that. We're called to trust God. So what are we trusting? Are we trusting in bricks and mortar? Because that's what we should, because we're English and British or whatever. 
Are we trusting in our pension funds? Are we trusting it in our portfolio of properties? Maybe not. Maybe maybe we are trusting in God. Or are we putting God where he should be, at the centre of our lives, at the centre stage, and ready to go on that adventure with him? And I don't think we're ever beyond going on an adventure with God. It's been our experience coming here, actually. It's been amazing. That's another story. So that's my prayer for us. We'll just think through tonight. Lord, have you got an adventure for me? Does it involve giving some money away? Does it involve giving away a house? Does it involve just getting out there on the street when I don't think I could do it? And talk to people about you. I want to have that adventure. I want to live that life with you. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, you left heaven. All the security and the praise and the, just the relationship with the Father and you came here for us. Lord Jesus, we, we struggle to comprehend that. But we say thank you. And Lord, let us pray right now that you will take us on that adventure. You said to that rich young man, sell your possessions, give to the poor, and come follow me. And Lord, we want to follow you. If there's anything we need to give away or stop or, or stop trusting in, Lord, take it away from us, for we want to follow you. That's our prayer and our heart tonight. Amen.